Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday, the 12th of March. God, I tell you, I had a dreadful... Brilliant night's sleep last night. And yet yesterday, if I went to the toilet once, I was going about every 30 minutes. It was a nightmare coming down the motorway. I mean, it really was. It was a long, long journey coming down the motorway. I had to pull in twice to the side of the road. Pretend I was finding something in the car, but it wasn't really. It was just having a wee. Uh, the taxpayers digging deep for the royals. Apparently they want to dig out the basement of Kensington Palace and put in offices or something so that the upstairs rooms are for the royals. How many more royals are there? I wasn't aware there was any there. So, Channel 4 want Michelle Keegan for Celebrity Bake Off. Finally, she's going to be eaten. And uh, what's con the goggle box, Sandra A? Turns out she's an old fraudster. Taking this long to find it, hasn't it? But eventually we find it. Brooklyn's sort of found a girlfriend, but she has to traipse behind him like some poor little handbag. And um, what's the matter with selling tickets for a profit? If I've got it and you want it, you pay for it. Simple as that. I was listening to a nice conversation on LBC yesterday as I was driving back down the motorway at about sort of 20 past five. Uh, Ian Payne was talking about uh, people uh, buying group lots of tickets. And, of course, the reason you'll know they're buying group lots of tickets is because come the event, there'll be empty seats all over the place. Oh, by the way, nearly forgot. Nearly forgot. Hottest news of the day. Bross could be announcing an Australian tour. Bye. (laughs) I don't know why they're bothering with that one. But anyway, I thought we'd run out of Bross news. But no, no, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So can't sell tickets here. Let's go to Australia. And after Australia, Moldova, Afghanistan and uh, and Seoul as well. That'll be lovely, won't it? Brucey Forsyth's on the mend. So say uh, members of the family, which is good news. And uh, George's final resting place, the family prepared the plot for his funeral. It's going to be next week. Um, I mean, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just guessing they would want to get it over and done with. Uh, Lots of reports in the paper about uh, Faddy will go and uh, his ex from years and years ago. Uh, Paul Burrell still milks the the fact that he was Diana's whatever he was, servant, I think. And... uh, Sorry, always The Rock, yeah. But, of course, we'd have no evidence of this at all. But now the pictures that are being released are taken about 30, 40 years ago. Who cares what a servant does with the royal family? Ugh, go away. Go away. Cafe Nero, hobo no-no. This is some woman who wanted to buy a cup of tea. Why? They, they don't want tea. They're not interested in tea and cups of frothy coffee. They want money. They want money. Uh, the bridesmaid who's having the baby. It's a gay couple in the papers. Uh, the derided nightly show resorts to sex-shamed comic... This is Jason Manford. We all remember Dirty Boy Manford. And uh, he's been booked as well, strangely enough, for the Laurence Olivier Awards. And yet when this story came out, he pulled... Oh, sorry. He pulled out of hosting the one show. Why would you want to sort of take all these things on? We don't forget. It just keeps sort of coming. That was the headline in one of the papers, actually. I mean, it's not, not something that came from uh, from me. It came from one of the uh, the papers. Where they were sort of saying that's what he's that's what he's known for actually, a shamed comic, sexy, asked some woman to expose herself and do things, and so he pulled out the one show he was going to do that, whereas in fact he should have manned it out, and um, and now he's booked for this thing. I tell you, he's everywhere. It's really getting on my nerves. Matt Ford. Every time I turn on the blooming television, there's Matt Ford again. Has he got some? Was he on with Nick Ferrari? God, blimey! I turn on the television, he's on some football program on Sky. Uh, then he's on Pointless. Then he was on some... Oh, dear me. Enough already. Come on, there's such a thing as overkill. And this is overkill. Uh, the McCanns get more money. Well, the police do to keep searching. How many years on? Ten years on. Ten in May. Ten years on and we're still pumping money into it. Another 85,000. They're going to have to say stop soon, aren't they, really? 
And uh, what was the other one, actually, which I, which I quite liked, actually? Oh, it was the £20,000 bid for a, a rare £5 note. You know, it's the one that's got all the bits and pieces on, so that they reckon it c- could fetch 20000 And the actor John Forgem has died. Uh, he's been in Footballers' Wives, the Italian job. If you Google him, you'll go, oh, right. He always looked to me, John Forgem, a bit like, um, um, oh, who did he look like? He was that hard man who was in all the films, you know, I'm like... We've had him on In Conversation a few times. He's got a very, very, you know, a face full of expression. He died, I think he had a fall the other day. So I think that's terrible. From Footballers' Wives, he was 75. He broke his collarbone. And um, his most famous role, I think, was Frank Laslett in Footballers' Wives. He was Frank in The Italian Job. They quite like the name Frank. But um, he died at 2.30 on Friday. What a shame. What a shame. What a nice man. I always liked him. I don't know why I liked him. He lived in uh, in Worthing in East Sussex and he'd been on, you know, Doctors, The Bill, Casualty and uh, he was nice. His daughter said Dad was a very talented actor and a charismatic and wonderful man. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that. He didn't make huge amounts in the papers, but, you know, enough. And we mentioned him and I think that's, that's you know, that goes some way to telling you where he is in the in the hierarchy of actors. You know you've made it when you see your face in pastry. Well done, Eamon Holmes there. There's a big surprise. Eamon Holmes in pastry. I mean, who'd have believed it? Who'd have believed it? Uh, Blackpool, sun, sand and spice. And bad news, Arge Argent's gone back into rehab again. Apparently, it's after he had the one-night stand with Gemma Collins, who apparently is going to have a baby with the ex. Well, so she thinks, anyway. It's just all a bit tacky. However, even tackier... Even tackier. Daniela Westbrook, or she's known around here, Daniela, attention-seeking, attention-seeking Westbrook, has hooked up with that peculiar trolley dolly who's had all the surgery and thinks he looks like Kenner, a Ken and Barbie. No, he looks more like a peculiar Barbie. He's very odd. He's very, very... He's obviously got some illness. And so they're actually... They actually tie in well together. They're both desperately seeking attention, both desperately seeking some sort of help. And so now he's uh, he's wearing... He, he now wants to be a fitness model because he's followed fat jibes. No, it's just the fact you need some help. This is Rodrigo Alves. And he says, I want to move forward. They reckon he's spent 373000 That'll be complete overestimates, as you can imagine. Because he says, at the moment, I'm living off air and liquid. And so he turns up. I mean, he's just peculiar. So can you go down a little bit further? What in God's name is it? I mean, really? How to look seriously odd seriously, seriously odd. And that's fake abs, is it, for 22,000? I'd like to see the bill, thank you. You can have those done, you just have things inserted, you know, into your stomach. He's just an odd person. He neither looks male nor female. He says, I'm not fit, I can't even run a mile. Uh, well, it's, he, says, he says, people say to me, <coughs> excuse me, I look so fit. They don't say that at all to you, don't be silly. People don't say anything to you apart from, what are you? That's what they say. I mean, you, you really don't know. It's just really peculiar. I mean, you know, if you really want to take something to an extreme, for God's sake, get some medical attention beforehand. It's really very embarrassing. He looks like, I don't know, some hideously deformed person who cannot see what we see. That's the problem with people who have this. It's body dysmorphia, isn't it? They, they don't know what we have. And so he's had the lips plumped up. He's, it just looks peculiar. It's not a normal look, but, you know, he's hanging around with Daniela Westbrook, but there again, most people losing, hang around with Daniela Westbrook. And then I did enjoy the conversation that, uh, that Matt was having about, about travellers and gypsies. 
Well, I wasn't aware that there were any gypsies who were travelling at the moment. They're all travellers. They're travellers, and they're called travellers because they like travelling. Unfortunately, uh, the people were quite right, and it's no good for Matt sitting there, and I'm sorry to have to whip him into shape, but uh, he doesn't live in an area that is full of travellers. I live in an area that is full of travellers. All around Chertsey and all around that area, there are lots and lots of uh, traveller sites, and there are lots of areas... Uh, which are just blighted with rubbish. You remember I told you a short while ago, down at uh, Sunbury, where the Costco was, they moved onto a piece of land. It wasn't their land. They just moved onto it and filled it up with tonnes and tonnes of rubbish. And then they just move off. They just move off. And I think this all stems back to a new traveller site is being created at the end of a road in Essex. Uh, Basildon Council said it's aware of an alleged breach of planning laws. And so all they do is uh, Essex police have been informed. What do they do? Nothing. Nothing at all. Seriously. And unless Matt experiences travellers and the mess that they leave. And I, I was I was slightly disturbed by the fact he was talking about them going to school. As everybody knows, the majority of travellers, the majority of travellers cannot read or write. We know that because they did it on my big fat gypsy wedding where they, they don't go to school. That's why the traveller sites are full of children. They're not going to school. They don't go to school. It's as simple as that because they're a disruptive influence. They do dump their rubbish all over the place. And as one bloke said, I don't have a problem with them being travellers. Travel all you like. Just clear up after yourselves. Because at the moment it's up to us to clear it and pay for it. You have to pay for it. You know, I'm quite sure that in Matt's nice area of London, if travellers moved into his road, he'd be the first one complaining about the amount of rubbish that we've piled high. And it's no good listening to a a few... I mean, there was one (coughs) person who said... Oh, my family all pay tax. We've been doing this. And he took that as face value. And I was a bit I was a bit disturbed because I thought, why would you take that as face value? And yet somebody who says they don't pay tax was not taken at face value. You know, I know because I used to have a traveller who was my producer. And uh, and a friend of mine, Paul Cooper, is from a travelling family. So I know quite a lot about travellers, believe you me. And from a very early age, they're either taught to box or go round on the knock as they call it, they go round. But you get lots of travellers who live in houses. They don't don't just think they just live in caravans. They really don't, I promise you. That's just what they're using while they're over here for uh, for a period of time. Then they go back. In fact, there was a whole programme done on it in Ireland, where I think there were whole towns which were all travellers, all, tra- all driving big flash Rolls's and Bentleys and all the rest of it. Well, I tell you what, I've been paying tax for donkey's years and I can't afford to drive a car like that. Perhaps I need to sort of learn some other skills. But this is... Um, this is the alleged ble- breach of uh, planning laws. Less than three miles from the Dale Farm Traveller site in Wickford. 80 families were evicted there. And uh, you saw how disgusting that uh, that turned into. And some of them are still back there. Still back there again. But uh, it's a case of, you know, they don't seem to want to adhere to what everybody else wants to do. I don't see any, any problem. But anyway, they've had... Um, uh, because of the narrowness of the road, one of their elderly neighbours near this site had her fence ripped out and shrubbery damaged so that the lorries could get through. She says if the council doesn't prosecute and deal with this situation, they'll have a Dale Farm too, but bigger. Phil Turner, leader of Basil and Council, said Basil and Council are aware of an alleged breach of planning laws. Why don't they just stop and get out there and do something? We share the frustration of residents. No, you don't. You would if it was in your road. There was a thing the other day on the television. I got so cross. And they were talking about uh, famine in Somalia and two other countries. And we had our 
ambassador, whoever he was, I'd never heard of him, sitting there talking to obviously somebody, could be United Nations, could be anything else, and saying, you know, if we are not careful with this situation, then it could... And I'm thinking, why are you sitting there spouting off? Why don't you just get some money and some food together and get it out there? We don't want to hear you drivelling on about this. While you're sitting there, you know, people are dying. I seriously got so angry, I was shouting at him on the tele- He couldn't hear me, I know, because I could tell, because I was shouting quite loudly. And he kept going, you know, we, we realise that the situation could be quite tense, and in a few years' time it could esc- Do something now! Nobody's interested in you droning on. Do something now! God, and ever there's people dying, children dying. They had pictures of children who literally were, were just their faces covered in flies. And he's droning on in this boring, dragging it out kind of way about, well, you know, this, this, is, this could be an epidemic purport. Do something. Sit there. I really, oh, nearly used rude words. Nearly used rude words. But luckily I was brought up proper like because I went to school. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So uh, Anton Deck. Last night, very interesting. I've seen it before. It's all, it's a carefully crafted programme, nothing original in it. We've seen it a million times. They do it very well. We managed to make one of them stop licking his lips all the time, popping his tongue out. We told him about that and that he stopped that. Uh, I missed Scarlett Moffat, so that was a bit of a blessing. And then they brought on steps. Well, I say they brought them on. I mean, they might have sort of wheeled them on in chairs and with walking frames. I mean, you could hear the creaking from where I was. And they go, and steps are here. And a few half-hearted people in the audience, yeah, yeah, who? Steps. Oh, no, 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 we don't want to do that. And I thought, they'll be singing their new song. Well, I say singing, they'll be miming their new song. And uh, no, what did they do? Because it was a tragedy. I said to get the audience up singing tragedy, but of course they were all miming in the group. I mean, it was pitifully awful. I feel a bit sorry for them, really. Imagine, you're so bad that you have to mime the song. I think there was only one live mic and her voice quavered all the way through it. That might have been Claire. But uh, they're going on tour. Well, how will that work? How? What, will they be singing? don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, it was a bit naff. They went, oh, steps are here and all the rest of it. And then the bloke who was doing the voiceover, who might have been Freddie Flintoff, but might not have been, kept going on about how much he loved H and everything else. Has Freddie Flintoff come out or something? Have I missed this? I didn't think so, no. It was a rather odd situation. Now, we had the, the rugby, pl- rugby players come out, don't they? Left, right and centre. You can't move for rugby players. It's a veritable fairyland at Twickenham. Or Witton, which is where they actually play. Uh, the taxpayers digging deep for the Royals. They're digging up the basement of Kensington Palace to put in offices. I mean, surely they must have a few more rooms over there for offices. I mean, how many offices do you need? Is it that necessary? If necessary, we can rent them out some of our rooms in here. And what's the matter with selling tickets for a profit? I was listening to people yesterday. It was very interesting. And um, they were talking about people buying tickets online and working out why you couldn't buy tickets because they'd been sold, as in Bross's case, sorry to go back to Bross again, in seven seconds. Well, it's not physically possible to buy in seven seconds. The only way you can buy in seven seconds is if you've got this super-fast app which can uh, process hundreds of of things very, very quickly. They use it for buying shares. (coughs) Excuse me. So you've got to buy shares very quickly. And this one, they're not sure... I gathered this the other day. They're not sure exactly how many tickets can be bought at any one time, but it certainly seems like hundreds... And so what they've got is they've got offices with about 10 people in. Each one has got 10 different names with a credit card and they book online. So it just looks normal. The proof will be when you see swathes of empty seats. Because Bross have now cancelled all the gigs barring three. They've cancelled, I think, four were knocked out. And uh, as I say, let's wait and see how many people are at the other ones. I think that's going to be the telling thing. Uh, So we'll wait and see, but they've added 
Australia to the top. I thought it was a joke when somebody <laughs> sent it to me. I thought, you can't. Why would they want to go to Australia? We're bros bigger down under, as they say. But uh, I don't know. But anyway, so it'll be interesting to see. But then they had a man coming on uh, because they, they were trying to find out if, if any touts were listening, people who would buy tickets. And this bloke said he bought tickets. Um, he might buy 100 tickets and um, and he'd be looking to sell them. So he's only buying big names. He's not going to buy, you know, the do-wah, diddy-diddy band from sort of Giggleswick or something like that. He's looking for Adele. He's looking for, you know, anything big. One Direction, if they reformed, would be a touted ticket. And it would be worthwhile. And he always made money on it. He always made money on it. Him and his sons uh, do these tickets. He said he bought about 100 at a time. And the best he ever did, it was a £120 ticket for The Who, and he got £2,000 for it. Now, obviously, they don't all go for 2,000 quid. But if you're buying a ticket for £100 and it goes for 500 and some woman phoned up, she was incandescent with rage about it. This is stopping the true fans from going. No, if you're a true fan, you'll find the money. If you're a true fan, you'll find the money. It had to do with business. That's what it was. It was business for him. He had a commodity, and if you wanted it, you had to pay for it. And if the price for his ticket, if you want to go and see Adele, and he's got some nice tickets, it's £500. You don't want to pay £500. You're not going to see Adele. And this woman thought it was outrageous and thought it was illegal, but of course it's not illegal at all. You know, to sell... To, if, if I have, you know, a pair of tickets, just supposing I've got a pair of tickets for Bros, or maybe not Bros, but, you know, for something else, and somebody said, oh, I'd love to go and see Bros, but I can't because it's sold out, and I go, I've got a pair of tickets. And they go, how much do you want for them? I go, well, they cost me 65 quid each. I'm looking for £100 each. And they go, oh, I'm not paying that. And you go, well, you're not having them then, are you? I'll sell them to somebody else. It's like when you go to buy something from a car boot sale or the, any of these antique programmes on the television. And they go, how much is that? And they go, it's 20 quid. And then they come up with that famous line, which all antique people use, which is, is that your best offer? And there was one bloke there, he, was quite, he wasn't going to be taken in by it, whether there was a camera there or not. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, he said, I can't do anything on that at all. I mean, I mean he, he probably could have done. If you go to the, any of the jewellery channels, I mean, you can get real good discounts there. £400 normally, £19.99 by the time they finish, because it's real quality stuff. And everybody who shops on those uh, channels knows exactly what it is. Uh, Dyes Butler, uh, servant, OK, uh, that's Paul Burrell. I think the way they make it sound is that, that he was sort of cozying up to the royals. He'd have known his place, believe you me. He's milking it now because the royal family don't say anything about him and because uh, Diana's dead. So you can say whatever you like. Oh, we used to go out for dinner. We did. He could say anything he wants. We can't disprove it. He can't prove it. Simple as that. So he's uh, milking it for all it is at the moment, in fact, including pictures of 30 years ago with him, you know, at the back of a carriage with the Queen in it. You could tell it's with the Queen. She's got different colour hair. It's from ages and ages ago. Uh, there's a day in the life of the very boring Beckhams. Who gives us stuff about what this dreary family does? This is Dave in the kitchen. This is, you know, Mummy Beckham out doing something. This is Cruz being creative. This is Brooklyn with his girlfriend trailing behind him like a piece of string on the end of a kite. You know, it's, it's, all, it's just tedious rubbish. There's nothing to it. Nothing to it. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Cafe Nero, Hobo Nono. What do you think that one is? I thought that was an interesting one. I've heard it before, actually. In fact, it cropped up on this programme, I think, about two weeks ago, if not less. And this is a woman who decided she wanted to buy a cup of tea for a hobo. We don't call them hobos over here, even though there was a programme on television called The Littlest Hobo, which was all about a dog, I think. I'm sure it was a dog. And um, it was lovely. I quite liked it. It was period piece. Oh, right. Apparently it comes with a theme tune as well, but not the way the producer sings it this morning. I want to settle down. Is it... 
Until tomorrow, I'll just keep carrying... Oh, right. I like the one with the bear. The man, he might have been Grizzly Adams, who had a bear. And they had a theme tune as well to the bear, and they'd be pictured on a rocky outcrop. It was lovely. I quite liked it. The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. And, uh, and the bloke who actually played Grizzly Adams looked like he was, uh, looked like he was a, an, an extra from Central Casting. It was really good, but he had a giant bear with him. You see, there was a film, but I remember a TV series. A TV series of that. And, uh, nice. Grizzly Adams was a frontier woodsman who fled into the mountains after he was wrongly accused of murder. And then he gets close to a, a cub, a grizzly bear cub, which he adopts and calls Ben. Uh, Gentle Ben. And then Gentle Ben carried on with him. It was a great thing, but there was a theme tune that went with the life and times of Grizzly Adams. And I can't remember what it was. What was the, what was the theme song? It wasn't just keep moving on. The theme song was called Maybe. That's right. Do you remember? Oh, I've got it in the tip of my tongue. Maybe there's a place around around, around, something like that. And uh, I'm going to play you a little bit of it now because we're we're like that in the morning because then you can go. It's a very pretty song. It's a bit country. Here we go. Ready? Thomas Pace. Theme tune from Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. 1977 this was. Very cute, just a guitar. Could be anything. Rocky Mountain High. Deep inside the forest is a door into another. It's so exciting. Honestly, it makes me cry. So many things make me cry now. Running through an orchard, coming out of an orchard, you know, things like that. <laughs> but I like this. I mean, it's, it's, when you listen to the words, deep inside the forest, it's a door to another land. Here is our life and home. We're staying here forever in the beauty of this place. And then they then they got the here we go. This is the chorus. Funny, just half the picture was taken of bear ate him, but uh, that was interesting. <laughs> Didn't really. It was lovely, was it? Huge. This bear was absolutely enormous, but it was a lovely. It was just something nice. I always reminded me of any of John Denver's songs. You remember John Denver? You build up my scent. And she left him, and um, and that was that. And then he went into a bit of a decline, and then he got killed in a plane crash. But um, And there was also, the littlest hobo was a dog called London. I always remember that, a dog called London. I thought, how can you end up with an Alsatian? Again, this is it. Look, really cute. There's a voice, there's a voice calling me down the road. It's where I'll always be. These singers, aren't they great? Honestly. I mean, how can you get your voice that high unless you really tighten? You know, I mean, it's... This is who. Here we go. Maybe tomorrow it's lovely. I love stuff like that. Honestly, I'm really, I'm welling up here in the studio. It's under that or conjunctivitis. But uh, anyway, so yesterday, oh God, I was having a dreadful time. <clears throat> Best theme ever. Moira Alderson likes that. And so she should. A woman of impeccable taste. She had her hands around my satsumas earlier on. I tell you, oh, dear me. They were fighting off, the, except for Charles Rowe, who does not do fruit. He said, I've got a banana. You cannot force him. He will only do the one piece of fruit in the week. So offer him something, <coughs> excuse me, that's really unhealthy, like a Rice crispy biscuit. And he's there with his tongue hanging out like the dog London. He was there. Woof, woof. Anyway, so we go yesterday. Now, tell me if I'm if I'm being out of turn on this one. We go to Lakeside. There's only uh, one, two, three, four, five of us, just five of us. We go to Lakeside for lunch. We go to Strada, which is quite... We've never been to that bit of uh, Lakeside. Anyway, I have to go to the toilet because I'm going through a really bad weeing phase. And uh, we get there. I go into the first toilet. There are women cleaning it while we're going to the toilet. 
Is this normal in this day and age? What sort of people are they? Anyway, so later on I go back to another toilet in Lakeside. There's three women in there cleaning the toilet while men are using the urinals. What sort of people are they? You know, how would you feel if we sort of wandered into the ladies, took the doors off the hinges and said, OK, can you hurry up a little bit? We need to clean the floor in here. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Then they were, they, these were English women, because I, I could understand it if it was somebody else. They're not particularly bothered by that. These are English women in there. There's men trying to use the urinal. I nearly made an official complaint, because I thought it was just wrong. You don't have things like that. It's not nice, is it? It's like, you know, little girls going into the toilet and a man in there cleaning the toilet. Why would that? It wouldn't, wouldn't happen. So I wasn't very happy at all, but we quite liked Strada. That was OK. Five of us, 118 quid. About right. I had this, this drink. I think it's called... Begins with P and it's just lemon juice and fizzy something. Perrin, Perrin something, anyway. Somebody will know what it is. It's, you get it in all the Italian restaurants. San Pellegrino. That was quite nice, actually. Ice cold over ice with lemon. Delicious. Delicious. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, you're really nice to have you coming. I've seen that dreadful picture the other day of Lizzie Cundy wearing a see-through outfit. We decided, really, she's not fit for purpose and shouldn't be allowed out ever again on the streets. Old woman wears see-through outfit. Ooh, dear me, very tacky. Steve says, uh, Michael, we have a female cleaner that cleans out the male toilets at my workplace. I know what you mean. What, while you're actually going to the toilet? I feel like saying to... I mean, a friend of mine had that in his uh, gym. And he complained to the gym and said, excuse me, if we're getting changed in there and the cleaners are walking through, what's going on? What is it? If it was women, they'd be up in arms. Gentle Ben was set in the Florida Everglades. Can't have been. Can't have been. It must have been set on a mountain. I just think I remember them saying, looking out over a mountain. Definitely mountain rage. Definitely. So I, I remember that bit. I don't, I don't remember the Everglades. Why would you have a bear in the Everglades? There wouldn't be a bear in the Everglades, would there? Unless, I thought the Everglades were all water, weren't they? That's what I thought they were anyway. Might have got it wrong, but I, I think unlikely. Uh, I was already singing the theme tune for The Littlest Hobo. Uh, now you've played it, I'll be singing it all day. Took me back as did the theme from Gliz- Grizzly Adams as Stephen Maidenhead. Maidenhead, honestly, how lovely. And uh, Nadia used to love it as well. I used to love both the bear and the littlest hobo. It was the fact the littlest hobo was called London. What a ridiculous name for a dog, isn't it, really? And um, <clears throat> lovely Nordic walk on Hounslow Heath the other day. Uh, Zumba this morning. Sure I can't tempt you, says little Julie. No. The film of Gentle Ben was in the Everglades. The book, though, was set in Alaska. Yeah, that's why I remember the on the mountain he looked out over it. I thought it doesn't look like the Everglades to me, unless the water's down to a particularly low level. Uh, Steve, I don't know about you, but I'm sick to death of the Madeleine McCann debacle. What do they hold over this government? Do the police keep getting money? Well, they obviously... It's only 85000 it's only £85,000. And I've said a million times before, what would you do if you were the parents of Madeleine McCann? You'd be going, could you give us some more money? I mean, they've, they've spent all of their money. So they've got to rely on something. I mean, but they're not going to find anything unless some miracle is going to happen. I don't really see how the miracle is going to happen. As I said before, they've taken dogs out there. They've got the most sophisticated tracking, although you can't find a bloke in a rubbish dump. So what's the point of trying to find somebody who vanished 10 years ago? So, and I realise that knife crime is up. That's the, um, that's the one disaster, isn't it? That there's more knife crime now than ever before. Don't like it. Oh, yes, the Cafe Nero hobo story. And um, downtown Aldershot, says Colin. Downtown Aldershot. You make it sound quite glamorous, I suppose. Just a barracks town, isn't it, really? Just a lot of sort of drunk squaddies wandering around all over the place going, oi, oi, it's a bit like being in Colchester. It's roughly the same kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so this, uh, this this girl sees a hobo 
I don't know, hobo, beggar, down and out, whatever, um, <clears throat> begging. And so she goes inside to get him a cup of tea. And they say no, because he'll end up following you inside, wanting to use the toilets. And uh, you don't, I mean, I've, I've been into toilets before and I've seen people stripped off to the waist, uh, washing themselves. And you think, this is, this is not what this is for. This is really not what it's for at all. But the, uh, the facilities there are just not in place. They're just not in place for, for people getting out of the situation. Unfortunately, there are two sorts of down and outs on the streets of London. There's the drunks <clears throat> and the druggies who don't want to leave the streets. That's where they get their money from. And the people who are there through no fault of their own who are desperately trying to get out of their situation. So that's why. So uh, Cafe Nero says no, because if we give you a cup of tea, the hobo will want to come indoors. I mean, how would you feel if you walked into a place and there's somebody sitting at the next table who stank to high heaven with bags and trolleys and carrier bags and all the rest of it? It's very interesting. Talking of carrier bags and people doing up bin liners, somebody uh, speaking to Matt earlier on was talking about the traveller problem. Because they are travellers. They're not gypsies. They're travellers. People think funfair folk are, are gypsies and travellers. No, they're not. No, they're not. And uh, so it was interesting to hear one person saying, oh, that, you know, they, they were very tidy and they left it all in about 30 bin bags. They don't move on with 30 bin bags. There was about five and a half tonnes of rubbish. There was a couple down in Chertsey the other week who were caught for about the sixth time going up to somebody like my producer. You know, he's mowing his lawn or doing some building. Work, and they go, we'll, we'll take all that away for you. Give us 50 quid. And so they load it onto their, their truck. They take it, go and dump it round the corner. And so that was that. And then and they go, well, anyway, this particular couple been caught six times. So this time they crushed their truck. They took it away and they, they crushed it completely. And that's what really should happen. Although my, my solution was much more simple. You know, if they start filling up a site where they are, you know damn well that they're going to be moving on, leaving. The, they're not going to be taking it with them. Otherwise, they'd have got rid of it to start with. So down in next to Costco, I mean, they had to have the police down there. And all they did, they just moved on, leaving this tons and tons of rubbish. I think it took about three of these huge, what they're called, they look, look like giant boxes, giant boxes, enormous things, like container trucks. And they filled up three of those. And you think, no, what you do is you stop them getting off the site and you go, right, to clear this up, it's going to cost 10,000 quid. You want to pay? You're not moving until you paid the 10 grand. Just in line with everybody else. If I sat there and on the, honestly, on the way to Lakeside, the rubbish by the side of the road is terrible. People must drive down there with bags and just chuck it out the window. Viv says, do you remember White Horses? On White Horses, let me fly away to a Yeah, I remember White Horses very well. Very well indeed. My favourite was Rupert, Rupert the Bed. Please don't write in with your favourites. I'm seriously not interested. Seriously, it's Sunday morning. I really couldn't care less. I know, you know there are lesser programmes that probably would dwell on that, not me. We're only interested in my thoughts on it. Uh, Ian says, I love Sa San Pellegrino Limonata. Lemony, ice cold and very refreshing. However, oh, don't tell me, a standard can contains 11 teaspoons of sugar, one more than Coke. They don't do a, a thinner version, do they? No, I'd never had it before. I'd never had it before. I just re what I really want when I go out to somewhere, I just want lemon juice in ice cold fizzy water, which I know you can have anyway. Lime juice, people do it. But lemon juice and then with loads of ice and everything else. And that'd be I'd be more than happy with that. But I'd never had it before. Never had it before. And it was quite, quite refreshing. Do you remember a programme called Big John, Little John? I remember a children's programme which had something to do with Big Cooks, Little Cooks, or something. What was that one? I can't remember. That's got a fairly catchy. And the Brady Bunch. Oh, God. 
It's the story of a lovely lady who is one of those lovely girls. And all of them had hair of gold like their mother and the other one in curls. It's a story of a man named Brady who was bringing up three very lovely boys. And, uh, anyway, they all got together and they called themselves the Brady Bunch. And that's when we all thought about massacre. <laughs> a dreadful family. Do you remember the favourite bit of that is they're all in boxes. It was a bit like uh, University Challenge where they all look up. OK, look to the side... Look to the other side, look up again, look down, and that's where they all were. God, they were irritating. But I quite liked them. I thought they were, they were sort of fun. I thought there'd been much more shenanigans going on, wouldn't you? All in one house, the boys growing up, going through hormonal periods, and here are these girls they're not really related to. You know, it could have been actually... I think two of them did actually get together. I think. I'm pretty certain. Uh, Big John, Little John uh, was a sitcom uh, which starred Herb Edelman, Robbie Wrist, Joyce... Bullhart. 13 episodes, only one, one season, and it's centred around a 40-year-old middle school science teacher named John Martin, played by Edmund. While vacationing in Florida, he drinks from a spring which turns out to be the legendary Fountain of Youth. Sought by Juan Ponce de Leon, the water changes him into a 12-year-old boy, played by Rist, and, uh, and then back again. Oh, I like the sound. Is this one on... Um Oh, that, 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 that sounds quite fun. Is that on um, DVD, do we think? Big John, Little John? quite like that one. It might be, actually. Might be. Might be. Oh, it is! Look at that. The complete DVD series, seven ninety nine. If any of you buy it, I shall be very cross. There's only one left. Book it. Book it for me. Book it for me. <laughs> Producer's buying it already. So they nah, can't buy it now. That's my one. I can't wait to see that. Sounds quite good fun, actually. Just hold it. Then what we'll do, I'll, I'll do it later. You're not having it. I don't care what any of you say. Uh, 18 uh, minutes to six. What do other people buy? Big John, Little John. <clears throat> it's very good value, actually. I only like buying if it's got the Amazon thing on it. Oh, the banana splits I hated. Na, 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 na. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. four. Oh, shut up. They were ghastly as well. And uh, Stephen Barney on the way to Mexico. What do you do? Do you just drive taxis or something? Or are you dustbin men? What do you do that you're constantly on the way to the airport? Um, what about all the other children who've gone missing in this country, says Alan. Listen, we could argue about that till the cows come home, but I don't propose to do it, mainly because I've been there a million times. And I've said, if you were the McCanns, you'd be wanting to find as much money as possible to go forward with this. I mean, I personally don't think anything's going to happen, but you can't lose sight of what might happen. You know, there might be that miracle. There might be a miracle where they go, you know, we think we've seen Madeline... And what the... I mean, she won't look like anything like that now, will she? I believe I was right. I believe that she went off wandering. I believe she got uh, hit by a vehicle. And uh, I believe they then took her and, and put her wherever they, they put her. But you'll never know. Not in a million years. Because of the simple reason there is no CCTV. Who wants to stay in a place when you've got children with no CCTV? I like Robinson Crusoe. That was quite nice. <coughs> there was also the Swiss family Robinson. Which always made me hanker for walking around with my shirt off. But as I looked pale and insipid, it never kind of worked for me. And, uh, yes, Swiss Family Robinson and Robinson Crusoe. I thought that was quite good, actually. Robinson Crusoe was quite a, a simple premise, wasn't it, really? Uh, Laverne and Shirley, you can buy. It's on DVD. Will you stop writing in about these things, please? But Laverne and Shirley's a available box set uh, because one of them is she got a very famous brother. So the, And they didn't get on well together, apparently. The two girls in it. 
Uh, and it was good. I'm going to do it. On your mark, get set and go now. Penny Marshall, whose brother, whose brother he directed Big. He's Gary Marshall. Uh, he died uh, a while ago now, but he was very famous. They did everything. Gary Marshall created Happy Days, The Odd Couple, directed Pretty Woman, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, The Princess Diary, Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. And he was also the voice of Buck Cluck in Chicken Little. He was very famous, very famous man. He's buried in forest lawns. Well, everybody is. It's the, it's the place to be buried. And he died in 2016. His salary was about 50 million. But uh, his sister was, <coughs> excuse me, Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall, who started off life in that. She was one. I love Penny Marshall. She was, she was kooky. She was fun. I mean, all these people aren't like it now. She's 73, you know. She's still going. And um, her performance, because she was, she was in Happy Days. And then her performance spun into Laverne and Shirley. I think uh, she did big. <coughs> Sorry. The first film directed by a woman to gross in excess of a hundred million. She also did a League of Their Own. Now, and she she did Bewitched as well. Oh, that was the film, which wasn't the same as the series. A League of Their Own. What was a League of Their Own? Was that about the the little football team? Oh no, that was the thing with was that the thing with Madonna in it or something? That's right, Madonna and Tom Hanks. Wasn't he the coach or something of a women's baseball team? I think that's what that's what I I seem to remember it was actually, but it grossed 132 million dollars at a budget of 40 million. But uh, he's uh, the Peaches are managed by Jimmy Duggan, played by Tom Hanks, former Marquee Club slugger, and she treats the whole thing as a joke. And uh, and then the league, you know, builds up and builds up and builds up, and so it so it gets on. Sounds dull as ditch water, doesn't it? I'm so sorry I mentioned it to you. I'd rather go and eat Rice Krispies with no milk, ladies and gentlemen. Do you remember Montgomery, Mick and Montgomery, that was Charlie Drake's first TV contract, says Tony. Mick and Montgomery. God, nobody liked Charlie Drake, did they? But he was my first pantomime. Somebody very kind... Oh, I'm late. Somebody very kindly years ago sent me the programme of the first pantomime I ever saw uh, at the London Palladium, which was Charlie Drake Goes to the Moon. And, you know, as a kid, you don't really remember very much about it. But the programme really brought back memories for me. All I remember is there was a rocket the side of the stage and he climbed into it and then took off. Really good stuff, actually. Really good stuff. Uh, Martin, listening via the LBC app in uh, Guangzhou in southern China whilst having dim sum for lunch. Oh, boring. Boring. Dim sum for lunch. Isn't dim sum the most boring thing under the sun? Well, probably not if you're out there, I suppose, at the moment. And that Italian summing is per is Lee and Perrins, which is best drunk while listening to I Saw a Mouse. <laughs> Lee and Perrins. Lee and Perrins do Worcestershire sauce. And it is Worcestershire sauce. I know people go, it's Worcester sauce, but it's not. It's Worcestershire sauce. I quite like it, actually. And anyway, I've decided I want to eat more tomatoes. I'm definitely going for more tomatoes. I wanted to buy some yesterday, but I didn't, I didn't sort of quite get round to them. But tomatoes are on the agenda today. And cucumber. In fact, today I'm going to have a salad for lunch. God, how boring is my life. Seriously, I need to get... And tomorrow I've got Joan Collins coming in. And I've got uh, the uh, professor who does the thing with the stars and things like that. Sorry? Brian Cox, yeah. He's coming in as well tomorrow morning. I don't know what he's promoting. I know she's got a film out. There's loads of things to talk to Joan about. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. She's always so glamorous. Seriously, I just, I look like a sack of potatoes next to Joan Collins. But, you know, it's my life. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I was watching one of those David Attenborough programmes the other day. And it's called, I think it's called Hunted. 
So you can imagine what it's about. It's about uh, animals who hunt other animals. And some are big and some are very small and some are ginormous. And they've got the leopard chasing the gazelle and hiding in a gully. Because they're very good leopards. They're, they don't move. And the, and the gazelles get quite close. Then the leopard just leaps up, grabs it. Um, but my, my least favourite, well, the one I, I felt the most sadness for, was over... It must have been in the Arctic, because there were polar bears on cliffs. Literally, a polar bear on a practically vertical cliff to take the chicks of the birds which had nested there. And uh, all hell breaks loose, because they're, they're not really expecting to see it. But the, the bear was so hungry, it climbed this cliff. Like a 300-foot drop. Seriously, I mean, the bear could have fallen off easily, but it didn't. I mean, my hands are, you know, sweating as usual. But uh, once all the babies are born, what they've got to do is they've got to jump from the cliff out to sea. And it's a distance of about half a mile. And so what they do is, this is where animals gather. The Arctic foxes gather. And they just sort of sit there waiting. And these big seagull-type birds who eat these little baby birds. And so mum and dad... Generally, I think mum, could be dad, uh, are sitting behind them on the cliff and then they go, go. And when, when the little baby bird jumps, mummy bird jumps with them. And she sort of boosts them. They've only got little wings. And they coast. They're so light, they coast. And what they've got to do is coast out into the water. And on this particular occasion when they were filming, and it goes on every year at the same time, it's like, just like a bloodbath, because many of the birds don't make it into the water. They bounce on the seashore and they're literally picked up by the foxes within seconds you know, a bird will be there, it'll try and run away, and the fox just grabs it round by the neck and sort of tries to stuff as many in its mouth as, mouth as possible. Uh, those who make it out to sea, you know, I mean, there are millions of them, millions of them. But uh, it, was, it was interesting watching these huge seagulls, just grabbing them. And you think, oh, such a shame. Little bird's been born and it's got to jump all the way down the cliff and coast out there and it doesn't quite make it. Shame, really. Uh, you can buy San Pellegrina in Asda for 50p. Steve, don't forget they do pomegranate and orange flavour as well. Thank you, Joanne. I mean, I only bought it. I mean, I, I only had it because I just didn't want to drink any alcohol. And uh, I'm trying to sort of cut back because the amount of times I went to the toilet yesterday, literally I could barely go 30 minutes. It was uh, it was getting ridiculous. Although last night, did my injections, climbed into bed. I think I only woke up twice, <clears throat> which was quite good, I think. Paul in Manchester says, when I worked at the... Midland, excuse me, <coughs> in Manchester, and we had several large functions on. It was normal for the public area supervisor and her female staff to be cleaning the loos as the male partygoers were using them. So I think that's odd. Perhaps I'm just a little bit funny about stuff like that. I just don't think that you should have women in cleaning the loos when men are trying to go to the toilet. In the same way that if women were going to the toilet, you don't have men in cleaning the loos, do you? Or is it just accepted for women toilet cleaners to just sort of, you know be in there when men are going for the for the uh, for the toilet front pages of the uh, the papers kate uh, garraway you'll have to listen this evening and sarah pascoe as well it's a super in conversation i was a little bit naughty with kate garraway i have to be honest with you we talked about a few sort of rudy things i asked her if she knew her her husband derek's body really well when she'd stop laughing I, mean, I, it, I thought it was quite a normal question. She talked about this two-week sex marathon. Pound stretchers sell the large bottle of Liam Perrin's Worcestershire sauce, says Ian, for a pound. I don't want any Liam Perrin sauce. I don't want any. I'm not interested. I don't care. I, the only time I'd ever have it would be in a tomato juice. 
And as I don't drink vodka very often now, I mean, seriously, very, 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 very rarely. Uh, Also, a dad struck by lightning, his amazing recovery on the front of the people today. And uh, it's a Cheltenham special as well. I've got the racing post here and they've got Cheltenham special as well, because we like to keep up in touch with our racing friends. George's final resting place. They've got a message on the... uh, on the answer phone at Highgate Cemetery saying the cemetery is closed at the moment and if you're asking about George Michael we don't know anything at all <clears throat> because obviously thousands of people will be phoning up there and uh, they're preparing the plot for his funeral which I think will be next week I would think so they don't want to leave it uh, too much let's face it we've waited long enough for him so I'm assuming he's already been prepared and he's in the funeral home that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping, that the family finally get uh, closure. Uh, Brooklyn's French Connection. This is sort of funny boy Brooklyn Beckham going out with a camera. Not that we ever see him taking any pictures or anything like that. It's all, it's all a bit naff, actually. And, um, and he's got a girlfriend now. Uh, her name is Sonia Ben Amar. Um, although the photo shoot involved his, his mother. You can imagine what she's like. Brooklyn, who's this girl? Who are her family? Well, check them out. Need to make sure she's right. Anyway, she sort of trails behind him. There again, he's sort of 18, but he's he's not the full ticket, is he? He he seems like his skateboard. I don't know how long people skateboard for. Is it years now? Years and years and years. I thought it was just for little children, but obviously not. Brooklyn Beckham goes out skateboarding. I just want to see a picture of Brooklyn Beckham going to school, but I'm assuming he must have stopped that by now. Uh, George Michael, the old cemetery pot spot. Oh, blimey. The old cemetery plot spruced up for the singer. I find that slightly disturbing, actually, because I thought it would have been spruced up for his mother. Seeing as we're told in here that um, that he, he, he goes to visit his mother on a regular basis. Well, quite clearly not, because before this was all cleaned up, it was covered in weeds. Literally covered in weeds. I'm looking at a picture of it. You know, nobody obviously visited and nobody went there to clear it up because that's the first thing you'd clear up. So now they've actually got planters there with daffodils in and everything else to make it look a bit better. Before it was just covered in weeds, covered in weeds. So they've spruced it up. Who will be going? Who will be going? That's what I want to know. Who will be going? Uh, will it be Faddy? Will it be his ex from years and years ago? I don't know. And here she is, the Queen of Hearts. It's Kylie Minogue. No, she's not. She's not the Queen of Hearts. That was Princess Diana. But apparently here she is in a, in a lovely little uh, outfit. Uh, she's obviously not bothered about the ex-boyfriend now, which is, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. She's getting on a bit now, though, isn't she, really? For still be... I mean, she's 48 and she can't find anybody. I mean, that's, that must say something about Kylie Minogue, that she's 48 years old. I mean, normally by this time, blimey, even Adele's married. Look at that. You know, I mean, Adele's married and that's all lovely. Ollie Merz's, um feud with his brother goes on. Uh, they're not going to talk. Uh, Ollie Merz's twin brother has ruled out resolving. What is this feud over, for goodness sake? I mean, I know you get to a certain stage where you just can't go back. But um, he wanted to make amends with Ben Hart. This is Ollie Murs. But um, uh, the brother has said, no, I've moved on. Ollie says, I hope we just sit in a room and go. It was a bit of a silly eight years, wasn't it? <clears throat> but Ben has revealed that Ollie made no effort to get in touch with him. So it's stalemate. That's what happens in, in those sort of situations. You have a sort of a tiff or people think there's a tiff or they don't know there's a tiff. And, uh, and then it goes a few weeks down the line, then it goes a few months down the line, and then you can't go back, can you? You're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck there, so it's a little bit difficult. little bit difficult. Anyway, the twins' mother, Vicky Lynn, revealed personal details of Ben's childhood and claimed he'd broken her heart so badly she became ill, believing she had MS. Oh, God. 
See, the trouble is you can't do anything about feuds in families. I, I try not to get involved. And, uh, Steve, we went to see Half a Sixpence last night for the second time. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful feel-good show that lifts your spirits, doesn't it ever? Sue and David Dagenham went there. It's lovely, isn't it? Half a Sixpence is better than Half a Penny is better than... Oh, I love the show. It's great. Do you remember the casino at the Midland? I think it's a gym now, though. No, the casino at the Midland. No, I don't, actually. Should I? Uh, Teddy is laying in bed, listening to Uncle Steve this morning. My godchildren as well. They call me Uncle Steve now, but now they're at that age where they just take take the mickey out of me. Seriously, I've I've got to that situation where they just take the mickey out of my clothes, everything. You think, excuse me, I've known you since you were that big, you know, and here you are taking the mickey out of me now. And that's what they're like. But I think I think we, we we sort of have a relationship. They sort of feel sorry for me, you know, the fat bloated diabetic. That's our Uncle Steve. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. But don't worry if I don't get the the I was going to say the Christmas card. I didn't get a Christmas card last year. If I if I don't get the birthday card on Friday, there'll be no justice. Coming up to the news at uh, six o'clock, we'll go through more of the uh, the papers. Um, what did you make of International Women's Day? Does it solve anything or is it just an excuse for people to sort of come out and say things like, you know, we want to be heard? I thought women had always been heard. Am I mistaken? I mean, I'm obviously mistaking something. I just thought women were equal, but obviously not. Uh, the taxpayers digging deep for the royals. The digging involves Kensington Palace. Uh, steps. Uh, there was only one person singing on that one, and that was Claire. The rest of them were miming. You could tell they were miming. It's just, it's one of the five, six, seven. They just looked a bit old and creaky now. Um, what's the con? The goggle box. So what's con the goggle box? Sandra. Apparently it turns out she's done time for fraud. I don't know. Always, always gets found out in the end, doesn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning. I'm Steve Allen. This is my early breakfast until seven, when Andrew Castle will be here to take you through the morning. And uh, what else have we got for you today on LBC? Oh, tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Katie Hopkins will be here. A much cheaper outfit, I should imagine. But anyway, nevertheless, she will be here uh, on LBC. Uh, coming up to four minutes past six. I've been drummed out the brownies for that one. Uh, George Michael's family finally get to say goodbye. Well, they just don't want you to know when the funeral is. They don't want to because it's private. And I think you have to respect them for that. They want to have a private time with him. Um, and, and that'll be it. That'll be the first time. I don't know whether they've been to see him in the mortuary. I have no idea. Or the funeral home. No idea at all. I mean, do they bury people with glasses? People who wear glasses, do they bury you with glasses? I don't know. Or do they just pop them in your top pocket? So, you know, if you find some reading material on the way to the other place, then you can you can have a quick read. I don't know if they bury you in glasses. Otherwise, you wouldn't recognise somebody, would you? Because so, there's a picture on the front page of the mirror today. It's a picture on the front of a lot of papers of George. But wearing glasses. He wore them all the time. It's like, will they bury Elton John with glasses? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. We can't, can't find an answer to that. I suppose it's what the family want. But you can bury people with glasses. That's all right, then. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that now. But uh, let's see who uh, who's actually going. Will it be his ex-boyfriend? Will it be Faddy, who was the one who found him at the end? One of the papers, they've got sort of questions for him. It's really got nothing to do with people. Really? Listen, he was with him. He'd been with him for four years. It wasn't a casual little one-night stand. George was very promiscuous. He enjoyed, uh, you know, meeting lots of different people, and that was fine. Some people who've come forward claiming they were friends of his, I can promise you they weren't. You know, he was very fickle with his friends. He sort of moved them around to different places. Uh, The Paul Burrell exclusive, the dreary old Paul Burrell, apparently has now gone gay. You know, big surprise there to everybody. And uh, Queen told me to find a woman. 
It's probably a joke there somewhere. I wish I could think of it. But uh, that's an old story I read about a week ago. I couldn't care less, actually, about Paul Burrell. Um, I think he's been gay all the time. <clears throat> Just a bit embarrassing for the wife. Uh, a picture of Vernon Kay wearing pink. Um, he's hopping into a rowing boat for a cancer research race. Oh, he was there with... Um, no, oh, it's Rebecca Adlington. Why am I bored with Rebecca Adlington? I don't know why. It's odd, isn't it, really? You know, you see people, you think, oh, not them again. Not Rebecca Adlington again. But uh, Vernon was there in a pair of shorts and a pair of wellies. I suppose you have to wear wellies for things like that. Uh, weary EastEnders star Danny Dyer. It's so exhausting earning all that money, isn't it? It must be so terrible for him. So terrible. He's going to take his wife uh, on a second honeymoon after he's returned from South Africa. What was he doing in South Africa? Was he in rehab? What was going on there? Uh, Elton and David's visit taught Wills and Harry about gay love. This is all Paul Burrell on what the Queen said about gay... We've got no evidence of this whatsoever. Nothing was recorded. It's just his word against anybody else's. And uh, I'm not exactly rich, says uh, Dame Joan Collins. I've got a lifestyle to support. I don't think she is hugely rich. I seriously don't think she is. I think people would be quite surprised. Quite surprised. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, the ticket tout cracked down, kicking the bots. That's what it's called, isn't it? The bot. This, uh, this sort of app thing. Uh, also, uh, mum to visit the tip site of the dig for the REF man. What they should have done, the moment this boy went missing and they thought maybe it could have been the um, the sort of the rubbish lorry, why didn't they stop deliveries to it? Because he could be under 30 feet of rubbish. They're never going to find him now. The heat will be immense. Also, the McCann's investing fund cash... They've put nearly half a million quid into a string of investments to keep their search for a going. Well, they've, the, the government have just said they're going to put 85 grand in, and I think that will probably be about it. I would think so. I don't know. I just don't understand where we're going with it. I don't understand how far we can go. They've got no leads. They've got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, here's the, the George Michael picture. It's all over the, the papers today. His final resting place. And um, they say the grave is ready. Well, they've tidied it all up. It was it looked absolutely awful a short while ago. Now it's been tidied up and they put tubs in of, um, of flowers, of daffodils and everything else. But nobody tidied it up, up until then. As I say, I can't wait to see what the, um, what the will says. It's an interest. That's going to be a very interesting one. The story about the Cafe Nero hobo no-no is the student. Emily Lowndes revealed staff also didn't want the man using their toilet. She said, this guy outside asked me to get him a tea. One of the staff asked me how much milk. I said, I don't know. It's for the guy outside. He said he wouldn't serve me because the man used their toilet and they didn't want to encourage him to sit there. I said, can't you just give it to me? Because you're going to have to throw it in the bin anyway. So just pretend it's for me. He said he'd rather throw it away and condone him sitting outside their shop. Philosophy student Emma, what difference that makes, I can't imagine, who comes from Manchester, went to a nearby Costa and bought the tea there. She said, I was really upset. To be told you can't buy a tea for a homeless man is ridiculous. Oh, surely, dear philosophy student, you can't have been that upset. I mean, God knows. Must have a very odd life. Uh, Cafe Nero said, the tea ban is definitely not policy. The boss, Glen House, says, I've been to our Manchester shops and seen customers buying homeless people tea or coffee. We also work with homeless charities. So that's their, their get-out clause. But it didn't work in this particular case. Perhaps they'd had incidents with him before. You know, they don't know. Uh, Bruce is getting better, so that's good. Always worry about that, don't you? They go, he's getting better. Whoops. <laughs> don't want to joke about it, but uh, that's it. Uh, Adele, I'm a bride and gloom away from my Simon. Bless, 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 bless. And here's a picture of um, Angelina Jolie, who's really gone for it. She's having a traditional Thai symbol... Uh, 
inked by a former monk uh, on her back. What's the point of that, darling? Can you try and explain to me what you've had all this done on your back for? I mean, does, that, does it mean something or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, plus, poverty campaigner Bob Geldof was ordered off stage by Gabby Logan as he ranted at city workers during a speech at a corporate bash. Oh, I don't think anybody takes any notice of Bob Geldof anymore, do they? Does anybody take any notice? He swore on television once and that was it, but this was at a, uh, a conference, later blasted the Boomtown Rat singer as nauseating and cringeworthy. Although Gabby sort of stopped him saying, thank you, Bob, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, Organisers had paid thousands for celebs to fire up the audience. Gabby, Sir Bob, uh, Kevin Bridges, an ex-England rugby union star, Lawrence Delalio, all made appearances with Karen Brady and ventriloquist Nina Conti. One guest at the Sofitel in London, Heathrow, said people were getting annoyed. Gabby Logan had to cut him off. He was ranting that nobody had faith in financial advisors. Oh, God, we don't take any notes of Bob Geldof. The silicon chip inside your head. Oh, go away, please. Boring in the extreme. Boring in the extreme. Uh, talk television. What have we got here today? Interesting. Loads of people wearing some red noses. And here's Gavin Rossdale, who wants to return to The Voice next year. And um, that's about it, actually, really. Oh, my, my, my TV. What does this tell you? They always ask a well-known personality or Z-lister, what's your favourite television? This week, Lydia Dim. The show I used to watch as a kid was Tom and Jerry. I need to say no more. I think that kind of sums up the poor girl's life now. Uh, a real TV turn-off for me is any soap. A waste of time. A bit like any of the programmes you're in, isn't it, really? Uh, they are really a waste of time. And um, she says, I'd love to star in a Stacey Dooley documentary. No chance, dear. No chance. You're not, in, you're not bright enough for it. You're really not. It's very sweet of you to make a contribution, but uh, thank you, no. We'll, we'll kind of leave you out of that one. It's much easier, much easier. Um, a ready-made version of Angel Delight is to go on sale. How difficult can it be to make Angel Delight? The pudding first uh, sold in 1976 was a huge favourite but went out of fashion. And now Premier Foods are launching it in a single-serve pot. Wow. Uh, the, the sachets will still be available. They're going to add real strawberry, as opposed to the fact it's never seen a strawberry before. And chocolate ingredients. Wow. Simon Cowell eats it between auditions. I used to love Angel Delight. In fact, I used to like Instant Whip. Instant Whip was very similar. Oh, in fact, almost, uh, almost identical. But uh, delicious, delicious. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a florist here with a violent past, was shot by a hitman in front of his child during a school run. Ross Craig dropped off one kid at nursery and was strapping another into his car. A source said he went to confront the person and he was shot. He suffered leg injuries in the gangland style hit in Glasgow. Uh, Craig engaged to Anna Hansel was jailed for six and a half years for knifing a soldier. Well, there you go. What goes around comes around, doesn't it, nowadays? It seems a bit odd, doesn't it? People go, oh, I can't believe it. So he's got a violent pass. He's been jailed for six and a half years. And you kind of think, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? The answer is, oh, we don't go anywhere. Uh, Sarah Khan talks about the trans rant, Jenny lost touch with reality. It's funny, actually, most people seem to agree with, uh, with, with Jenny. It's only Sarah Khan who's lost touch with just about everything. In fact, you know, I, I think flavour of the month, flavour of nothing in about, uh, about a month's time. Uh, also, uh, Elton to go gaga as he hits the 70s. Elton John's 70th birthday party was always going to be unmissable. And Lady Gaga is topping the bill. Oh, right. 
So uh, that'll be nice. That'll be very nice. They've got all sorts of people. And um, his legendary parties have ended up with the likes of Heidi Klum dancing on tables. They haven't done one of those for ages and ages. Used to his white party, didn't he? And then it just, just finished for some reason. Uh, posh off mum. Yes, it's Brooklyn Beckham trying to assert himself. Baseball cap backwards. Very dated. Very, very dated indeed. But, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? We just wait to find out if he can actually get a job anywhere at all. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, for four days only, strictly come dancing, where you can meet the celebrities. You can't have pictures taken with them. You have to pay for pictures to be taken with them. So you can get Nan Nancy Delolio for a few quid. But if it's anybody sort of up from there, there's, there's a bit more money on the table. So that's how they make their money. Uh, plus, Footy Ace finds love again. This is Rio's night with Towie Kate. This is Kate Wright. So, well done, Rio. You managed to find somebody really classy. Uh, plus, X Factor bosses want to give the show a Britain's Got Talent-style makeover with a week of live episodes. What for? Abby Clancy. More boring model pictures of Abby Clancy. I want to be honest with you, darling. You know, we've seen everything. It's, it's kind of a bit tedious now. You're not quite big enough to be proper model, are you? So it's just one of those sort of models. Uh, also, the uh, the ticket touts and the fact that uh, the swearing ban is to be introduced in Rochdale. I told you this a week ago. And Channel 4 want Michelle Keegan for Celebrity Bake Off. What for? What's the evidence that she can do anything at all? Just going to stand there simpering. It's not going to be very exciting at all. Uh, Grace says, I've not been to Lakeside. I'd love to go there, but I've been to Blue Water and both West... Boast both Westfield shopping centres in London. Yeah, they're sort of like that, except Lakeside's a slightly cheaper version. Slightly. <coughs> slightly cheaper version. Matt says, uh, butterscotch. Got to be the best flavour of Angel Delight. Yeah, butterscotch, my flavour too. But I love but butterscotch flavour candles. Not to eat, but the smell. I absolutely adore the smell of butterscotch. It just, there's something about it. Burnt toffee. That's another one of my my favourites. Steve, the big seagull-like birds eating the guillemot chicks were probably Arctic skuas, says Jerry. I think they might have been, actually. It's a bit disappointing for them, isn't it, poor little souls? They make that effort and they don't, they don't quite get there. And, um, and then they get sort of taken. Uh, Dave says Arctic rolls. Who sells Arctic rolls? Um, Iceland. And I believe Waitrose. I love Arctic roll. Swiss roll, jam and ice cream. What could be better? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I'll tell you what I really do, and I only noticed them the other day. Uh, little girls wearing these Jojo bows, which make them look like mini... It's, it's for literally children about the age of ten. It's for nobody above that at all. Anybody above that, there's something the matter with them. It's like yesterday I was noticing down at Lakeside, there were a lot of people of... Let's call them a certain age who had ripped jeans, but not just rips, which started off just one rip in the knee. This is like going all the way up to the crotch. I mean, seriously, there was one girl. I mean, I don't want to be rude about her, but by God, she was not blessed with looks. These things were ripped so much. It was just obscene. You know, you've got to be skinny mini to wear stuff like that. And it's just one cut on the knee, not going all the way up your knees. That's trash. That's trash. And these Jojo bows, I mean, I just, I'd, I'd seen one before. I'd seen a picture of it, but I'd never seen it actually being worn on a person's head. And I saw one. I've wanted to say to her, I'm sorry, have you just, uh, <coughs> excuse me, wandered him from, um, from Disneyland? It's all very odd. Search for Maddie Steve should have been closed long ago in the file archived. If evidence of her whereabouts did surface, the case can easily be reopened. I forget how many people are working on it. It's quite a lot of people. I mean, you are right. You could, in theory, put it in mothballs and then say, well, if anything turns up, we'll just sort of go back to the file and see where we actually got to. 
because I, I don't think we're going to achieve anything at all. But they've now got, you know, putting money in investments and everything else. But um, where, where are they expecting this, uh, this information to come from? She disappeared in, in Portugal. Nothing's happened since then. There's been no leads. No, nothing. I mean, seriously, nothing. If there had been leads, I could have understood it, but there's nothing. You know, would you remember we had it a short while ago? Oh, an arrest expected soon in the Madeleine McCann disappearance. Nothing. Came to nothing. It's all come to nothing. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know what the answer is any more than anybody else. I think The Voice, Steve, should get Kylie in next year with Sir Tom and Will. Replace Gavin. Oh, Gavin doesn't really offer anything, does he? I'm not sure um, I think Kylie can offer anything either. I mean, it's, it's very... She's 48 now. She's getting on a bit. And bearing in mind, she never wrote anything. It was all done by other people for her. With regard to ticket sales, Steve, I've just acquired the last copy of Big John, Little John. 200 quid, it's yours. Only business, mate. Only business. Yes, thank you. Tony Parsons talks about um, <clears throat> answers we need on the death of George Michael. Well, you don't. Unfortunately, the coroner has, um, has passed the body. <coughs> they don't need to do anything else at all. He refused to say uh, if drink or drugs were in George's body. Only that he died from heart and liver disease. Well, you don't need to know anything else like that. It's got nothing to do with you. The coroner's passed him, fit for burial. And uh, and then he says here, we don't even know the exact time that George died. What's it got to do with you? I mean, much as though I love Tony Parsons' column, uh, acid tongue, not really acid, just a bit dated. What's it got to do with you with what time he died? Are you the coroner? No. And then he says, George's lover, Faddy, has still not given a credible explanation as to why he slept in his car. What's it got to do with you? What's it got to do with it? Mind your own business. Busybody, curtain twitcher. Nothing to do with you at all. He says, um, all George's fans want to know is the unvarnished truth about his death. What's it got to do with you? It's got nothing to do with you. You're not in his will. You know, it's got to do with his family. And it's got to do with the uh, with the coroner. If the coroner passes him fit for burial, they go fit for burial. It's the, it's the way it goes. Goodness sake. Get themselves such a twit. Fat, he's got questions to answer. Not to you, he hasn't. Not to you. If the police wanted to answer, you know, and ask him any questions, they'd be asking him questions. But seeing as there isn't anything that they need to ask him about, why would they bother? Not up to a newspaper columnist to start causing trouble like that. Gogglebox star Sandra Martin has admitted to a secret shame. She's been in prison for fraud. Apparently larger than life, Sandra has been a hit on the show. I never trusted her. I never trusted her. People who have long nails, I never trust. But uh, she did time in 1984 after being convicted of fraud. Sandra told The Sun on Sunday, it was a very long time ago and I deeply regret it. I've turned my life around since then and I put this behind me. A fellow inmate launched a vile bullying campaign against her whilst they were being locked up. The unnamed woman was serving a three-year sentence for conspiracy to commit armed robbery. And um, uh, and she said of her shock when she spotted Sandra years later on television. The mum of five said, I said to my partner, I know that woman. I recognised her straight away. So there you go. Sandra claimed there was no bullying going on. They've all got history, these people, haven't you? You know, the one minute they saw... I always say to somebody, you know, if you've been a hooker or a lap dancer or something like that, they're going to find out. She's been outed by somebody else. Uh, and so, really, she doesn't have any any sort of anything to do with it. It happens all the time, doesn't it? They say, Somebody will out them and say, well, actually, this person really was this in there. You know, she was a bully, and then she will come back and say, well, actually, I wasn't a bully. Uh, Peter Andre... Uh, in court, being hauled to court by HMRC after he, poor soul, after he tried to claim tax relief on legal costs racked up battling Katie Price. He included his £90,000 bill 
on his 2010-2011 tax return. Good God in heaven, these go back a long way, don't they? On his relationship with his children and his reputation. Wow. So there you go. But HMRC said the cost should not be tax deductible. It also rejected relief on 15 grand spent installing security gates at his home. Blimey, honestly. Poor old Peter. Far from being man of the people, he's not really man of the people at all, is he? Uh, Liam's already up all night. This is Liam, who might be or might not be. Cheryl's got her pregnant, kind of, but we don't know. I mean, she's not saying anything, he's not saying anything. Perhaps he doesn't know. Perhaps he doesn't know. The Brooklyn Beckham picture is in everywhere because you've got... Nobody's taking a blind bit of notice of poor old Victoria, which is a shame, really, and Brooklyn, who just looks a bit geeky. Just a little bit. And so his mother was there having a picture taken, and, and that was about it. Very dull. Very uninteresting. Very <clears throat> uninteresting. Um, the crocodile bite was among the bizarre reasons patients gave for turning up in A&E. 13 men and 7 women also had ailments caused by excessive sex drive. Lord above, honestly. What if Kate Garraway knows about this? You must listen to that programme this evening. It's very, it's, we're, we're about as naughty as you can get. Although, actually, I've heard the sex programme and they get much naughtier than I. I'm, I'm positively tame, but we had a good time. Somebody said to me after, they said, you had a really good rapport with her. She's just easy to get on with. Easy to get on with. And uh, somebody says here, I think we should get married. I love the food you do. I could eat Brussels till they come out of my uh, ears. And Arctic roll, I cut slabs of it and eat it like cake. To top it all, burnt caramel candles and reed infusers. No, not reed infusers. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I gave up reed infusers ages ago. This is the things that look like thin reeds that you drop into the... I didn't realise that you put them in there. I thought you just left them there. No, you've got to turn them over. You've got to take them out, turn... Oh, rubbish. No, never a reed infuser. No, you'll never hear me extolling the virtues of reed infusions. I don't, I don't like those at all, actually. I think they're absolutely dreadful. But I do do candles, and I love burnt toffee and, and burnt, burnt everything, actually. It's just wonderful. Burnt caramel. I mean, just... There's something about it, isn't it? Years ago, it was strawberry. You used to get rubbers, like at the end of pencils, um, that, um, that sort of tasted or sort of smelt of strawberries and they were almost good enough to eat you used to think i could eat that and i've got some caramel candles at home little tea lights well if i really want to pick me up i just sort of open the box and go it's delicious absolutely del- i can't help it we're obviously all affected by smells aren't we very much affected by smells uh two years on the supermodel who nobody'd ever heard of is over her split from from david walliams think so too but this way if he's unfunny on the television it must have been deadly dull at home this is lara stone she must be promoting something and they say she's hailed as one of her generation's most iconic models. Is she really? Probably by her agent's standards, not by anybody else's. I mean, I don't see her popping up at all these Fashion Week things. She's been out with a few people. I mean, to be honest with you, the people she's been out with are better looking than David Walliams. And she's obviously after fit-looking people. David Walliams could never be described as fit. I mean, how do you cope with some bloke who goes, I'm a lady? You're going, excuse me? I'm a lady. No, you're not. No, you're really not. Uh, what's this one here? A hit at the box of band from churches. Monet tan firm sold. Michelle Monet has sold her fake tan firm, which took a million pounds and three years to develop. Do people still have fake tans? I think they do, don't they? I see it on the television. They're always they're always advertising it on QVC and stuff like that, and they're sort of going, "Oh, this is this is the fake tan you've got to have." And I think the trouble is, it looks fake tan, doesn't it? It looks fake tan. I mean, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't look as genuine as it uh, as it should. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Shh, shh, no shh. Okay, why am I going shh? 
because steps have just reformed, but they didn't shh. They didn't want anybody to know about it. It was a big secret in the business. And so they all recorded separately the song and then it was put together. Shh, don't say anything. The fact there's only one can sing. You know, I guarantee you put them there with microphones, you go, right, you're singing live. Well, for a start, at least two of them will be going, sorry, sing? What do you mean sing? No, we just do the dances. Tragedy, feeling comes, can't go, tragedy. And that was it. They had the audience doing it the other day and it was a tragedy. But uh, anyway, they, they had to keep it all quiet. Claire Richards says, I had to lie to people's faces for two years, which has been horrible, but we couldn't tell the truth. What, that only you sing in the group? Come on, come on. Ian H. Watkins, getting a bit old for that kind of malarkey now, isn't he, really? And Faye Tozer stunned the music industry on Friday after hitting the number one spot with their comeback track, Scared of the Dark. They even achieved the impossible and knocked Ed Sheeran. I know, it's because Steps were naff. They were naff. They're going on a tour. A bit brossel for you. Because uh, they've apparently sold out in seconds. And they've sold out loads. They've sold 100,000 tickets. And, uh, and it's great. Uh, and Claire said last time was a reunion. This time it's a comeback. Oh, God, really? Oh, let's hope not for long, please. Let them go back to where they came from. Uh, the Madeleine McCann case is extremely sad. However... How can spending further money on the investigation be justified over the twelve million that's been spent on what is basically an overseas disappearance when Greater Manchester Police can't find three informants to patrol the streets? Um, well, I would be inclined to agree with you there, but of course the Portuguese police—they're not having anything to do with it, are they? We have to do everything. So, in other words, we have to send all the people over there. They've just—they've just sort of given up. I think they just want it to go away. They want it to go away. They never liked it in the first place. They—they they probably cannot believe that ten years later. We're still banging on about it, which we are. Steve, we used to have the green flavour Angel Delight, kind of mint. I don't remember mint anything in Angel Delight. Really? Green mint? Oh, that sounds disgusting. Never heard of anything like it. Uh, <clears throat> what flavour was it? Some Marion Cheem? I don't know. I've never heard of it. Green Angel Delight. Mint? Something like... It does exist, does it? Oh, right. Oh, no, it's mint chocolate. Oh, it's not the same at all. It's mint chocolate. That's it. You can still buy it. It's available at uh, Sainsbury's. They do it. It, don't, it doesn't take very much, though. It's 45 pence for a, a little packet of it. And what you do is you make it up. It's got no artificial flavours or colours. You can whip it up and it gets delightful and fluffy. I'm a bit like that. Made with real milk chocolate. And it's delightful. It sounds nice, actually. it. <laughs> but they used to put a pint of milk with it. A pint of milk. Now it's about half a pint of milk. So you don't get very much in there. And I used to like a lot of that. I thought that was quite nice. When we were at Lakeside yesterday, they had a place that was selling uh, Italian gelato ice cream and they had pink slush puppy. It looked delicious. I don't know what it was, but it sounded sounded and looked wonderful. And I thought, oh, should I treat myself? And I thought, no. Um, you sounded as though you've got a very bad cough, says CJ. I've got this silly, tickly-tickly cough back again. It's sort of, it comes on every so often. I don't think I can do anything about it. It'll wear itself out. Well, it blooming well better, because you know me, I get more annoyed than anybody about coughs. It's the one thing that drives me absolutely barmy mad. Uh, Daily Star this morning, front page. Uh, the twisted Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, had a prison party with Ian Huntley and Levi Belfield. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper passed out crisps, crackers and fizzy drinks at the Shindig to celebrate the 36th anniversary of his arrest. Why is he still alive? Can somebody answer me this question? I've got no idea. Oh, here she is, Rianne Sugden, 
being lined up for a return. Well, you've got no other work in the books, have you? Although it was only the other day you say you couldn't find anything, dear. Your whole world had collapsed. It was all a disaster. Now I realised it was just a PR puff, wasn't it, really? And um, she first appeared in 2012. Now she's set to feature in an all-stars version. I'm sorry, dear. I think they're, they're feeding you a pup on this one. You're of no interest to anybody. Seriously, of no interest to anybody at all. You know, you've milked it for all it's worth, and it's a bit embarrassing. I feel a bit sorry for you. I feel a bit sorry for you. I feel sorry for you, Danielle Westbrook, that peculiar ex-trolley dolly, you know, and all the other people. David Beckham is facing now a new setback to his plans to launch his own football team in America. There's a business uh, syndicate to a building a rival side. I didn't ever think that David Beckham could build a, a football stadium. I never put that down as a goer at all. But uh, plans to start work on this £120 million ground um, start this month in Miami's Overtown. I mean, Beckham has been beset by... I mean, listen, if he wanted to do it, he could. I don't think there's any support for him. They don't, they don't really know who he is in America. He's not, he's not the big star. He's just somebody who advertises pants and crisps and uh, whiskey and stuff like that. You can book him for anything. Whatever you want plugging, he'll, he'll do it. But I don't think there's ever going to be a football stadium. I really don't think there's going to be a football stadium. Uh, one of the Cray twins, Ronnie... Good God, they've been dead for donkey's years. He had a, a death list... <coughs> Excuse me, this was uh, people on the list uh, who he planned to target if he was ever released. Well, there was no chance of that, was there? Old gay boy Ronnie. Uh, there was no chance he was ever going to be released. Certified insane, wasn't he, I believe. But um, interestingly enough, Martin Kemp and his brother Gary visited Ronnie uh, at the high-security Broadmoor Hospital but uh, it's it's very interesting, <laughs> very interesting, because I think I talked to Martin about going there and seeing him. I wonder if this is where this interview's come. Ed Gleave's done it, and I know he's a regular listener. Ed Gleave, to all of my interviews, who might have gone back over it and found something that's worth doing, <laughs> which I quite like, actually. I'm, I'm good on things like that. Amy Willerton? No, me neither. Um, she apparently is model. That's about it. She's just a girl with long hair. Some of it hers, I should imagine. And uh, she's strong. Watching her brother's bravery gave her the guts to do the jump. Riveting. Uh, Jim's drag act for Pal. This is James Jordan, who dressed up in drag. No big surprise there. You can't get the gigs, can you, love? It's a bit embarrassing, really. I do feel a bit sorry for you. But um, he said, the, 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 the last time I dragged up was 15 years ago. Woo! hold back on that one. Thank you. Don't need any more. Too much information. It's, uh, listen, if the career's dying, just, just let it die. Makes it so much easier. Uh, Cruff, is Cruft still going on? Are they still doing onesies for dogs? There's two dogs, both wearing the same coat here. It's disgusting. Why have the RSPCA not stepped in? Nobody dresses dogs up like this. It's just appalling. Absolutely appalling. Uh, here's, oh, it's Amy Willerton again. Droning on. And uh, the chart toppers. Uh, this is Steps. Very nice. Why did they split? Because you suddenly realised they were naff and nobody bothered with them ever again. Uh, plus, 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 plus. Uh, I'm trying to find something in here that was interesting. Oh, this is Amber Sees Red after TV bust up hell. This is Amber Dowding split from Chris Clark. Apparently she's on a television programme, but nobody's ever heard of her. I asked around, nobody was interested. And um, they played out on screen. It's the trouble is they, they, they start believing their own publicity. There's two as, two as well in the paper today. I can't remember their names, so it's not important. And uh, it's a case of they, they were an item for years and then Towie came along 
and they were looking for some desperate people and they managed to find them. And the bloke in the relationship says, you know, we always said that if the storylines in the programme went that they were trying to split us up, uh, we would leave the programme. <laughs> Not the girlfriend. She had other ideas. She's gone to the papers saying, I finished with him before we did Towie. She's so, that's how desperate they are on that programme. That's how sad it is. That's when you realise that the world of celebrity has slipped so far down the U-bend. It's irretrievable. They'll actually finish with people they've been out with for years that they were going to have children with. and everything. I mean, I've, I would say to him, whoever he is, you're best off out of it. She's quite clearly a bit desperate and a bit sad and she'll be doing her usual bikini shots on the beach or a selfie and all that kind of stuff. And it just makes people look cheap and trashy. But that's what the programme is. It's about cheap, trashy people. And, you know, anything that's got Daniela Westbrook in, you know it's trash. The woman needs to get help. Something the matter with her. Like, same for sort of Katie Price. She needs to get help. You know, there's, there's, there's something the matter with her. She need, I know she's got this new reality show coming up. Nobody will see it. It's on a channel you've never even heard of. And also, the last one was cancelled due to lack of interest. Because she didn't do anything. What's exciting about watching somebody getting their nails done? How's that exciting? That's how dull her life has become. And now she's an old woman. Not good at all. Uh, Steve, I never knew about turning the stick infuser things. Yeah, that's why. They just have to... I thought you just left them in there. And it sort of absorbed all the scent. And that kept getting... No. You give them a shake. Don't you turn the reeds over? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Otherwise, it's boring. Otherwise, you, you sniff the top of your reed. And it doesn't smell of anything. It just smells of pulp or something, I don't know. Uh, Steve, I never knew about that as well. Is it too late to wish Jackie and Tom, long-time listeners, a happy golden anniversary? I don't know how many years that is. Noreen, how many? Is that 50? 50, is it, for gold? Oh, well, there you go. Jackie and Tom, 50 years. Blimey. A miracle. A miracle. Well done. I hope you're well as, uh, as well. Uh, Jane says, only problem with Angel Delight, you have to wait uh, for it to set for an hour. Not if you want to drink it straight away, you don't. Do you know what I bought the other day? Small wonder I'm, I'm weeing for the world. I went into Iceland on Saturday morning. And for my journey down, I bought a litre of banana milk. A litre of... It was the most delicious thing I've ever had in my entire life. Banana milk. I mean, just, just wonderful. But, uh, but you're right about leaving Angel Delight. You have to leave it for a, for a little while to set. Who can be bothered? I might have to go and buy the ready-made one. I wonder if Simon Cowell knows about the ready-made... He'll like that. Ready, he could just have sort of stacks of it downstairs in the little fridge or the fridge underneath the desk, and that'll be quite nice. Abu Hamza's son fights in Syria. Do I care? Not really. Um, and the front, I'll come round to the front of the, the mail on Sunday. There's always something to do with your age, there's always something in the paper. I mean, today it's how you can feel 10 years younger. Who wants to feel 10 years younger? I'll be an amoeba. There's no point. Don't want to be. You know, ten years younger, thank you very much indeed. But uh, we will talk about uh, the judge in the rape trial. This one ran on LBC far more than I thought it would. It's amazing how women were divided over it. Some women siding with the judge, who's saying basically, don't get drunk because there are people who will take advantage. I think there are people who take advantage of you, whether you're drunk or not. But uh, we see a lot round here. You know, there's lots of drunk people, men and women, in Leicester Square, and there are people who take advantage of people. But it's amazing when you listen to all the arguments for and against. You heard people going, no, she's absolutely right, and somebody else coming on saying, how dare she say this? And I was never sure whether they'd actually read the whole article that, uh, that she'd done. In the same way, I didn't think that people had read the Jenny Murray article about the transgender people. That she wasn't arguing about transgender. What she was saying is, they're not, they're not thinking like women because they're men. They're men who have changed their appearance to physically become women, but that doesn't make you a woman. 
Physically, it makes you a woman, but not mentally. People think differently. Women think differently from men. Like that well-known phrase, when God made man, she was only joking. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> Sorry. Nine minutes to, <laughs> to seven. Andrew Castle just stuck his, stuck his head, stuck his head round. I can't speak this morning, honestly. Some mornings my words go completely out of the window. But he stuck his head round the, uh, round the door. So he's going to be with you just after the news at seven this morning. Now, he might be talking about any one of a number of things that we've talked about. I know he talked about the tax hike the other day. I wonder really whether he'll talk about fly tipping. The gangs who... I mean, there is one estate here. This is um, uh, down in Enville Hall. And uh, some bloke saw them. They've had tons of rubbish dumped. And he was taking a photograph of them where two men following in a car with balaclavas on got out and threatened him. These people are filth. Filth. There's one woman. She's had, I think, 34 tons of rubbish dumped there. Once they dump, they keep dumping. I wonder what sort of people dump rubbish all the time. I wonder really. But uh, the Keep Britain Tidy charity says fly tippers treat the country like a rubbish dump. Of course they do. I would actually find out who's paying them. Identify where this rubbish has come from. Go back to them and say, you paid somebody to remove it. You're going to pay for this cleaner. And we take them to court and we sue them because it's everywhere at the moment. I mean, this one poor man is standing on a rubbish dump here. 200 tonnes of rubbish. 200 tonnes. It looks, it goes to prove how much there was down at uh, Costco in Sunbury when it was uh, a group of travellers who filled up the site with r- so much rubbish you cannot... I mean, this makes this one look like a walk in the park. Dreadful. These people should be fined. That's not, I'm not bothered about you, whether you're travelling or not. I couldn't care less. You mess up the countryside. You fill up somewhere with rubbish. You pay to have it taken away. Simple as that. I'm not messing around anymore. Ugh, you may be sensitive to pollen, Steve. You think? I don't think so. I think... Is that, is that a hay fever thing? Or a, is that, I don't think I'm a hay fever person. You could try an antihistamine for a week, says Dean. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose I could, actually. I've taken stuff before for uh, for things like this. It's just, it's annoying. It's just, all it is, it's annoying. It really, it annoys me because I don't like to have a, <clears throat> to have a, a cough, which is just irritating. Uh, the 5-2 dieters, I don't know how it works, but a number of people in the office have tried this. Five days this, two days that, five days this, two days that. Apparently now you can eat three male meals on the fast days. The fast diet's inventor says you're allowed 200 more calories. Do we really worry about calories nowadays? Why don't you just... I mean, you know, like Andrew Castle was saying the other day. I want to mention him twice in one programme. But um, he, he was sort of saying, you know, he's sort of... He's working class. Is it people sort of... People seem to have envy about other people that have got nice cars and things like that. He was just working class who learned how to play tennis and was, you know, hitting a ball over the net. You know, I was working class family. Exactly the same as loads of other people. Most of you listening, I should imagine, are from working class families. You just make of yourself what you can. But if anybody will know about travel, in fact, I think he's done travellers before because I think he's in an area where, where there are travellers. Uh, same as I'm in an area where we have travellers. Hampton Court Green was taken over for, I think, a big traveller funeral. They're not gypsies. Remember, these are not gyp. These are travellers. Completely different. Completely different. You know, the, these are people you go around. The kids fight down in Shepperton. There's two pubs where all the, all the travellers go. The kids pick fights on anybody. They couldn't tell us who it is. I only speak as somebody who observes. That's all it is. Uh, is stay-at-home Beckham Britain's yummy mummy? No, he's just holding a pie dish with his woolly hat on indoors. Hello, excuse me. 
Where are we coming from? Who wears a beanie hat indoors unless you're a complete bozo? In fact, most pictures of Beckham, he's wearing a flat cap. Looks a bit sad, really. And then they've got sort of Brooklyn holding one as well. And then there's all the other family. Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It really is. Uh, plus, fawning over each other, the real-life Bambi and Thumper, who are the dearest of friends. Oh, bless them. I always wanted a rabbit, but I didn't get one. So uh, my brother had two, but they were blind. So we couldn't move the furniture around at all. Uh, also, what have we got here quickly? I'm looking through the uh, the mail. Uh, and today, girl about town is Charlotte Griffiths. And she says that news that Princess Diana's former butler, servant, Paul Burrell, is marrying Graham Cooper next month, caught many people by surprise, but not me. She said, I heard a little whisper last summer that he was living with a man. He's been living with him for ten years, dear. You're very out of touch. Very out of touch. Naughty Paul assured me he was single. See, the trouble is you don't have gaydar, do you? You're not, on, you're not switched on to gaydar. If you... Naughty Paul, she said. Naughty Paul. He's, he's 57. Naughty Paul. She's a bit, bit odd, isn't she? But, uh, divorced his wife last year after a long period of separation. Yeah, they haven't, haven't been together for donkey's years. God, you're really out of touch, aren't you? Very out of touch. She says, I'm a single man and has been and has been since Maria moved to America six years ago. He's been with this latest one ten years. Where have you been? <laughs> Crikey, honestly, when they get it wrong, they spectacularly get it wrong, don't they? Really? Um, potty mouth presence off again. Here he is, old fish and chip Prescott. Jeremy and co, they're not up to the rude word job. I always remember when I saw him, actually. I'm sorry, Prezza. So he turns up on <coughs> Mr and Mrs with a fragrant Pauline. It was slightly embarrassing. Uh, blonde bombshells here. So you could join the Ice Blondes. Uh, apparently blondes have more fun. They do. It's been proven. They actually filmed a chair and in Stringfellows. And the person who attracted all the men was the blonde. The brunettes and everybody else didn't attract as many men. It was blondes who have more fun, which I think is the title of a Rod Stewart album. After Mel and Sue turned down the ITV chiefs, apparently really busy. They've already done a few pilots, but then they've decided this programme's going nowhere. They've had to resort to the sex-shame comic, which is Jason Manford. Jason Manford, who spent uh, uh, a lot of time sort of doing stuff on the internet obscene texts and video messages with at least a dozen women. So then he quits the one show which he was booked for to try and save his marriage. And now, for some reason, they've booked him on there. I wonder if he'll, he'll mention it. They've also booked him to host the, um, the Laurence Olivier Awards. They've obviously gone off the boil a little bit, I think. Uh, also, they, they've also booked in Dermot O'Dreary. What's the point of that? He's not a presenter. Not a presenter. Goodness sake, I mean... You know, you can book loads of better people, can't you? Loads of better people. Uh, I thought of suicide, says Marion Keyes. She's been a guest on In Conversation. And how the Spice Girls can spice up your curries. Plus, in the paper today, you're going to love it. The fake refugee in a crime spree. Because we locked him up uh, for 17... He's been in Britain illegally for 17 years. We locked him up over a crime spree. Um, and he's been given £40,000. I tell you, it's the only way... You know, you go forward nowadays. Apparently his, his lawyer argued for a payout of 55 grand, saying that being deprived of his liberty was a very grave matter. God in heaven. <laughs> I'm obviously in the wrong place, aren't I? I'm in the wrong place. I'm going to start throwing rubbish out the window of the car. Yeah, pff, go on, do whatever you want to do. Apparently Jason Manford has a... Does he really... Oh, I've heard it's not very good. Well, it wouldn't be. He's too busy texting, isn't he? Hello, darling. You know, they all do it nowadays. I'm going to start texting. I've decided, obviously, I'm missing out on these things. I don't know who, who to text, though. 
I've got nobody round here to text. Who could I text? I'm trying to think, actually. I could text Andrew Castle. Or I, <laughs> I, guess I could text Vernon Kay as well, but, you know, it's kind of like Coles to Newcastle, so I'm not sure. I don't know. Who would I, who would I text? I don't know. I'm trying to think of anybody in the building who I could sort of text. I'd text James O'Brien, couldn't I? I could text James. Although I've obviously fallen way down the list, as Alex Sibley texted him the other day, and apparently Chris... Chris, somebody from a car motoring programme that didn't take off. I can't remember. Apparently he's on the radio somewhere. No idea. I went way down the list. It's not good, is it? Anyway, listen, have a fantastic weekend. I'm led to believe that the weather this weekend or this week is going to turn for the worst. Tomorrow I've got Joan Collins in and Brian Cox as well. I'm looking forward to that for In Conversation. And uh, one of the stars of Downton Abbey is coming in as well. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. And tonight, Kate Garraway with her big knickers... And uh, and Sarah Pascoe. She wanted a picture taken with me and her big knickers. I said, over my dead body. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download that free LBC app. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's Katie Hopkins. But right now, with breakfast on Sunday, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.